Welcome to All Along the Wasatch, a public affairs program produced by Bonneville Salt Lake City. If you would like to submit a request to be on the show, please email mparsons at ksl.com. Now, here's the host of All Along the Wasatch, Mike Parsons. My guests today are from Community Action Services and Food Bank in Provo. I've got the CEO, who is Karen McCandless, and COO, Tom Hogan. Hello to both of you. Well, hello. Hi. Great to have you on. Let's start with you, Karen. Maybe you could give us just a little bit of background about Community Action Services and Food Bank in Provo. When was it started? Why? And, and, and who did it? All right. Uh, Community Action Services and Food Bank was started in 1967. And it was born out of the Lyndon Johnson administration, War on Poverty. Community action agencies were created nationwide to help address poverty issues. So there are about a 1,000 of them across the country, and they all do different different things. Some do Head Start and weatherization and food and housing, just depending on what the community needs. So our service area is Utah Summit and Wasatch County. And so what we do is uh, help families achieve self-reliance. Our mission is to foster self-reliance in individuals, families, and the community. And I'm pretty familiar with community action here in Salt Lake. And, And like you say, each one kind of molds itself to what the needs are in the community. Maybe, mm-hmm. maybe you could tell us a little bit about yourself, Karen, what your background is. And I'm always curious about how people end up where they are. I find that very often it's not, I want this job from an early age and you end up there. It's sort of twists and turns get you there. How did you end up in your position? <laughs> I actually have a whole lot of twists and turns. I, I've been with the organization for about 10 years and have been the CEO for Uh, let's see, six years right now. Uh, My background is actually in land use planning. I grew up with a father as an architect, and the built environment was always very interesting to me. And so I took that path as far as planning and zoning and working for cities and developers. But as I went along and had the opportunity to serve on the Orem City Council for 13 years, I found that I really liked the sociological side as well. Hmm. So when an opportunity to work for Community Action came up, I hopped on it, and I have the best of both worlds because I work with a built environment, with housing issues, plus the sociological side, with helping our communities become thriving. So it's it's not a path that I look back and say, <laughs> oh, you know, when I was in my 20s, this is where I'm going to end up. Right. It's more like, wow, look at that path <laughs> and how I got there. And I, I love what I do. I absolutely love what I do. I, I, in doing these interviews, I kind of find that the job finds the person. Uh, so Tom, who is the uh, chief uh, operating officer, COO, Tom Hogan, what about your background yeah. and, and how did you end up where you are? So um, I have a 28-year um career in nonprofits. I, I started my work. So I went to school, got a degree in, in family and human development. And I've been in the, in the field ever since. Um, I started in Head Start and I did some work at, at a senior citizen center. And then I came back to Head Start and then I came here the last, th- last three years I've been here at Community Action and uh, just absolutely love what I do. Um, I've, I've been very, very fortunate in my life to um, love my work and love, I've loved being able to make a difference in, in, in people's lives. And it's just been, I sit at this crossroads of watching people who need help 
and and watching people who want to give help. Uh-huh. Um, we have some amazing volunteers, and we have some amazing donors, and we have clients and guests who come to us, and it's just it's just a great space to be in and and to 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 uh, to be able to to serve. And I, I love your your description on the website. Uh, it talks about you being the one who uh, is in charge of making sure the trains run on time and that the tracks are safe. I love that. That's right. That's right. <laughs> That's exactly how it goes. And we we have uh, six little pantries that we that we um, oversee, and then we have another dozen um, partner agencies that we help support with with pantries on their locations, and then we have another seventy-ish uh, community uh, partners that have something to do with uh, food insecurity. And so it's all a matter of making sure that we've got supply, we've got the ability to get it to people. And then, um, and then, you know, that's just speaking of food. And then we have all the other programs that we also do that, that interact with, with our guests at various points along their journey. And we just, you know, just need to make it a safe space for folks to, to get some help. Tom, like you said, he's got a hundred food trains. Oh. He keeps track yeah, of plus all the other trains of our other services that we'll talk about, <laughs> I'm sure, in a few minutes. So yeah. he, he's busy with those trains. <laughs> I'm sure. It's a lot of logistics. So, Karen, um, yeah. when somebody comes to you in need, I, I love this approach that you have. Talk a little bit about your philosophy and kind of the two-step process. All right. What we do at Community Action is we provide services to help stabilize families. So if someone were to come here, they might be able to find, they could find food assistance, rent assistance, utility assistance. So those basic needs that you would see, for example, on a Maslow's hierarchy of needs, those needs that need to be met and addressed before change can happen. And so we work with those, and that's probably what most people are familiar with. Right. With our organization are those are those uh, stabilization types of services we provide. However, we also have other types of services to help people once they're stabilized or as as they are stabilizing and feel that they are able to contemplate making changes in their lives. We can support them through our financial learning classes, through our Circles Initiative, where they can have the opportunity to partner with allies for one to two years and permanently move out of poverty. So we don't just provide the stabilization services, but we want to make sure that we're there showing them that there is a path to thriving in, in their in their circumstances. I love that. It's that whole philosophy of, you know, you can, you can give a man a fish, but if you teach a man to fish, so you're kind of doing both of those things. Here's, here's what you need right now, and here's what you need going forward. I love that. Exactly. Yep, exactly. So, Tom, yep. let's talk about uh, how people can help. What kind of volunteer opportunities do you have? Um, I know on your website it talks about just walk-in volunteers so people can just show up when it's convenient for them. But how does that work? So, yeah, um, at any one of our pantry locations, if you have a couple hours and uh, that you want to spend uh, giving back to the community, you can walk into any of our pantries and say, hey, um, I'd like to volunteer. What do you got for me? And um, we're going to we're going to take you up on your offer, and you might you might be interacting with our with our guests, helping them you know find a particular item on the shelf, or you might be stocking a shelf, or sorting a food drive that's come in, or 
you know, there's there's lots of there's lots of jobs and opportunities here at any one of our pantries. Another great way to to, to help is right now um, with the economy and circumstances the way they are, we're seeing just an in, increase in in guests and participants in our programs, uh, in our food program particularly. And so, if you're part of a company. And you say, you know what? Let's have a competition within our departments and see who can get the most food uh, brought in in the food drive. You know what? We're going to help you be successful. We got barrels, we've got cages, we've got um, trucks that can pick it all up. So, um, so it's just a matter of getting online, giving us a call, or filling out the. Um, we have a how to help button, and you can sign up to to be to do a food drive right there on our website. And I would um, I would imagine that it's best if people reach out to you before they do that so that they're please. asking for and the right you. things. Exactly. And, you know, honestly, uh, I get that question all the time. What's what's the thing you need the most? And and I, I answer it very um, – some people might say smart, Alec, but <laughs> if you need it in your pantry, we probably need it in ours. Right. You know, so that runs the gamut. Maybe that's an extra pack of toilet paper. Maybe it's a box of tissue. Maybe it's toothpaste. Maybe it's beans. Maybe it's canned fruit. Maybe it's corn or something. You know, something along those lines. It it really, if you need it at your home's pantry, we probably need it here. So, the creature comforts too. I have I have one little group that um, did some birthday bags. So they put a cake and a cake mix and candles and a little card in a little bag, and they brought that down to us, and, and and we were able to give out birthday bags to families that might be having a birthday that week. That's fantastic, so, because you think about the so needs, a, and a birthday party mm-hmm. isn't necessarily a need, but, but, but it is, in a sense. If you have a four-year-old in your home, and they yeah. don't have a cake for their birthday, it becomes a need. Yeah, absolutely. And parents feel that. Parents feel that. Yeah. And so... Um, so we're we're just very fortunate. Like I say, I sit at this interesting crossroads of watching people with a need and people who fulfill the need every day. Now, if and people if, if so. people are wanting to donate things, what what types of things can you not accept? So um, I can't take anything that um, uh, like uh, what can I not take? Like I can't I, make I, a, I, uh, you, you wouldn't take a batch of cookies that I made at home. I'm not going to take a batch of cookies. I'm no. not going to make some, take a, a fresh pie or cake. Um, canned, home so canned it, things, oh, like yeah. in glass bottles with someone's home processing in their kitchen. We can't take that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I've talked but, to other um, I've talked to other food banks where where they you know grandma passes away and we just want to donate our whole food storage to you and probably most of that is not stuff you can take unfortunately. Right. That that does happen and and we um, this is so. Because we are at this interesting crossroads, we do get those sorts of donations too, but we also have some unique um, places to send the foods that we can't use. Mm. Like we, we have a, a few pig farmers and some some chicken farmers that we send that sort of refuge out to. So we are, we're adverting it into landfill. Oh, that's so, great. So we are able to do a little bit of recycling. I don't want to be the drop-off place for all those things, yeah. but occasionally, when when that does happen, we we do have ways to yeah. to move it around. So. And then you mentioned circles briefly. What sort of volunteer opportunities are, are with circles? Yeah. So our circles program uh, again matches a, a, an ally with a 
with someone who wants to move out of poverty. And so on our website, you can just go to the um, how to help. There's a little feature that says circles. It talks a little bit about the circles program and you can just click there. We're looking for becoming a teammate, donating a meal, volunteering with the children. So it's a, um, we have a weekly group. We have, um, we try and make it so that anyone can come and reduce as many barriers as possible to participation. So we do, we, we, ha- we serve a meal, we have childcare, um, and then we have the opportunity for folks to work with the, the heads of house and try and help them move through uh, and get more sustained in their, in their living circumstances. And, and my understanding of the circle's idea is that I, as a person who has a job and is providing for my family, I sort of have a circle of people around me that I can tap into. Is that kind of the idea behind the name? That is exactly it. We, yes, we, we, that is. Our guest is referred to as the circle leader. They lead their circle of, of influence, and uh, our allies are in those circle leaders' circle. I love that of idea. That will, will yeah, you have that. people, you, you think about if you're in a crisis, having a group of people you can count on. Right. Um, there was a few years ago, and as we did a survey with with our guests and found that nearly a majority of them had two or fewer people they could count on in their lives. And so you think about in our own lives, like in my own life when I've had a crisis, I had a group of people I could count on for certain things, for mental support, emotional support, spiritual support, um, advice on on different things, just day-to-day advice. And to have a life where you don't have that, can be make it even worse. Right. And so circles creates that circle of support around that leader. The leader's actually the person who is working to get out of poverty. It, it's not like some people think, oh, the leaders, you're going to come in and you're going to come and talk to these these folks who are wanting to move out of poverty, and you're going to lead them out. It's like, no, the person in poverty mm-hmm. calls the shots. They set their goals. You're there to support them. And, and help them achieve those goals and encourage them to do that. Mm-hmm. I love that idea. I just that concept is, is fantastic. We're speaking with Karen McCandless, who is CEO, and Tom Hogan, who is COO at Community Action Services and Food Bank in Provo, and their website, communityactionprovo.org. Tom, if somebody needs help and they're, they're looking for help and they're not sure what to do, obviously they can get on the website and there's a, a Get Help tab there, but... Uh, you know, if someone doesn't have access to the Internet, uh, you know, how do they go about getting that assistance? We just call down to our office, and I'll try and get our number here in a minute. <laughs> or you can uh, drop into any one of our six pantries, and there's there's always someone to, to ask a question to. And and the, the, the fun of our, our pantry uh, specialists is they may not know the exact answer, but they'll be able to put you on the phone with somebody who does. You know, and and they'll be able to um, make that connection with you. So, um, our friends in 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 Heber City, for example, if they show up up there to visit with Noel, who's our our pantry um, specialist there. If Noel doesn't know the answer, she has a group of folks here in Provo that probably do, and so it's just a matter of a phone call. And you talked so, about all of the different programs you have beyond just the food pantry, and I just kind of wanted to talk just for a second about each one. Um, you, have, you offer education and long-term assistance. Uh, you have financial learning classes. Talk about that for a moment. So uh, 
out of our Provo location, we have a financial learning center. We have uh, four key cur- uh, classes, budgeting, um, debt management, um, uh, savings, and there's always that one that I never remember. <laughs> it might come back to me, but there are four of them. And, uh, and, and they're designed to help people um, navigate financial situations. And, and what I love about our savings class is, is that it, it puts people on, a tr- on course to build a savings account. You know, um, there was a survey done not so long ago that said basically people, most people don't even have $400 in savings. And that's, that's really problematic right. long term, you know. If you don't have four hundred dollars in savings, you you can't replace the tire that goes out on your car, you know. And, and so the savings the savings uh, class really does work to get people to understand how to save, the benefits of of interest and compounding interest on your savings, and sets them on a course to start saving. Um, we also, through our financial learning center, have home buyers education, and so if you're a first time home buyer. Please come in and, and take a listen to this class. It takes you through A to Z on, on buying a home. And they are um, HUD certified instructors. They know their, their they know their curriculum. They know their stuff. And it's a great way to ask all those questions that you didn't even know you should be asking. And for your guests, so, I would imagine if, if hunger is an issue right now, thinking about buying a house must seem 100 miles away from where you are at that point. That is true. That's that's true. So that's why we get them into the the, ba- the basics. Yeah. Let's talk about budget. What's your budget right now? But Where where's the money at? Where's it going? What are some changes you might need to make to your budget? So they're built. They're meant to build on each yeah. other. That must be some something that gives your guests so much hope that yes, you're in this situation right now, but eventually we're going to help you buy a house. I mean. Not not help in the sense of uh, coming up with money, but we're going to help you learn how that's a possibility in your life, and that must be that must be such a great goal for them to think. Yes, I can get out of the situation I'm in today, and eventually I could even own a home. That's exactly right. Yeah, it builds right. hope. And then, yep, yeah, that's what we do here is is we build that hope. And and one other thing with the home buyer education classes, you you don't have to be using any of our other services to oh. to take that class. For example, any community member of any income can come in and sign up to take the free class. Well, that's and fantastic. So it's not it's not just a certain certain economic socioeconomic level, but it's just somebody say, I want to learn more about about buying a home. And, it's and then free. you get a two hour one on it's free and you get a two a free two hour one on one budget counseling session with a oh. HUD counselor. Yeah. That's fantastic. Great, great way to go. Now, not only do you have a food pantry, but you're also growing food, I understand. We are growing food. We have a garden program, and, and this has been such a fun program to watch take off. And, and we, have, uh, we just opened our fifth garden uh, in Spanish Fork um, and just barely had the ribbon cutting on Saturday. We are currently, all of our gardening beds are full. Which is a great problem to have. Yeah, we are. We're over. We have a garden manager who is a master gardener, USU master gardener trained, and she's a resource. And then there's this just this fun sense of community that's built up in these gardens. And um, 
uh, it, it just starts galvanizing the neighborhood based around these little gardens. We have four in Provo and now one in Spanish Fork. And I was really intrigued looking around your website earlier today about your community kitchen called The Potluck. Tell us about that. <laughs> the Potluck's a fun little... Um, it's it's a um, designed to be a business incubator. So if someone has a brilliant idea, they want to, like, I don't know, make the best cookies in town, but they don't have a commercial kitchen in which to make these wonderful cookies, they could come down and, and sign up and rent our space for a, a while while they build their business. And they really do turn out to be some really amazing cookies uh, <laughs> and uh, and other other foods. Um, but it's you know it, it's a it's a commercial kitchen, so it's stocked with all the great appliances that oh, you would cool. need to to run to run a kitchen. And you just borrow it, you you rent it for a time until you're ready to move into a, a storefront. I love that. So. Now you're coming up on an anniversary, 56 years, and I know you're celebrating on May 20th. Tell us about how we can all get in on that celebration. Yeah, come on down on Saturday, uh, May 20th, 10 to 2. We're going to have all sorts of games and drawings and some food and some information. Um, there's going to be um, there's a bounce house for the kids. There's um, there's going to be bike raffles. I tell you what, it's going to be quite the um, amazing celebration. And when you go to birthday parties, you normally bring a present. And what we're asking is that if you can, bring a couple cans of something and throw it into our, one of our cages as far as a I love that. drive because we're going to have that on, on site too. I should have mentioned this a couple times by now, but the website is communityactionprovo.org and everything we've talked about, including details about that party, can be found there, communityactionprovo.org. Karen, where does where does your funding come from? Well, you were just talking about the potluck. <laughs> that's, <laughs> you know, that's one potluck of is a variety of a variety of, of resources, and that's exactly where where we at Community Action Services and Food Bank get our our funding. Our our core funding is what's called a Community Service Block Grant, or CSBG, and that comes from the federal government, and that's money that is distributed to all of the community mm-hmm. action agencies across the country. So we take that. And we leverage it with with other funds. We get money from the Department of Housing and Urban Development for for the home, like the uh, home buyer counseling, for rent some rent assistance. We get money from the state, uh, particularly to work with housing issues, homelessness issues, and also for our food bank. We also get money from the private sector. Mm-hmm. We have many many generous individuals in our community who donate to us on a very regular basis, and that helps fund our our work as well as organizations. One, one very generous organization that we partner with is the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, mm-hmm. who provides money for a number of the programs that we have. i found, too, with, with most nonprofits, those individual donors are so important. As an individual donor, I think sometimes people think, well, I'm only giving $20 a month. That's not making a bunch of, of a difference. But if you multiply that... By all of the people that are giving that twenty bucks a month, it really adds up. It it really does, and and that twenty bucks, you know what? We can use that to buy gas to go to one of our partner grocery stores and pick up some pallets of food. And so, with your twenty dollars, you can feed an enormous number of people with the food that we're able to bring back. For example, 
What other organizations uh, do you partner with? I, I love our community of nonprofits in Utah. It seems like everybody kind of leans on each other, and if, if you're not the right organization, you find one that is. What are, what are those organizations that you partner with? We have that wonderful relationship here in Utah County as well. We, we partner with a variety of organizations, everyone from um, Wasatch Behavioral Health, to help our guests is, as they navigate the crises in their lives. We have a great partnership and a very long-standing partnership with the United Way of Utah County, uh, the Tabitha's Way Pantries, North mm-hmm. and South. We have a, a thriving food pantry network here in Utah County. As I mentioned, um, the LDS Church, mm-hmm. we partner with local housing authorities to help find housing and help partner individuals with with housing options. We also partner with the Utah Food Bank. We uh, work with them on receiving U.S. Department of Agriculture food. That's where it comes through and is part of our our inventory. And there's so many other wonderful organizations that we we work with to help with medical um, help, behavioral help, uh, housing. If we don't do it, we can find somebody right. here in our area that does. I, I always like to give every organization that works with anybody in poverty a chance to talk about some of the myths that are out there surrounding people that are going through poverty. I think a lot of times people have a kind of a stereotypical idea in their head about who it is that you serve. Maybe you can debunk some of those myths. Sure, yes. I, I love to try and debunk myths. <laughs> like, like you said, uh, if if I were to say, uh, what in your mind, what do you picture someone who is experiencing homelessness to look like? And someone may describe one of somebody, or, and it may not be what every person experiencing homelessness is, lo- is looking like. It could be the mom with the three kids living in the car. It could be, uh, from what I understand, there are people who live in boats on the lake. Hmm. There are people who couch surf with their friends. They just to get that roof over their head. I think if if I could have a, had a magic wand, is that I would encourage and, and wave it in the community. Encourage our communities to not lump people into categories. Hmm. They are not what they've experienced. Like it's not the homeless. Right. Uh, homelessness is what is happening in their lives and what they've experienced. But we are here at Community Action. We recognize that people are all on different journeys. And some journeys have looked one way. Some, some maybe their journey involved some mental health issues. Mm-hmm. Maybe their journey has included some substance addiction issues. Or maybe it's losing a job and they temporarily need food. Yeah. And, and, and so everybody's, everybody's journey is, is different. And everybody, and we strive to treat everybody with respect and dignity as they're navigating their, their life's journeys. And then the last question is, is kind of always a tough one, but where, where do you see your organization in five or ten years? What are your goals to, to continue what you're doing, of course, but, but what, what kind of other things do you, yeah. do you wish you could take on? Well, I, I chuckle when I, when I get that question because in my, my perfect world, I would be out of a job. Right. Our, whole orga- right. our organization wouldn't exist, that there wouldn't be a need for the services, for a lot of the services we're known for. I would still like to do the education issue, uh, yeah. the services. But, but what our goals? Right now, we are, we're growing like crazy. Like Tom 
said, we have six branded pantries, and we're bringing in other services into those pantries as well, such as case management, housing resources, things like that. So overall, strengthening that organization without getting too far ahead of ourselves because there's such a demand for our services. We want to get those services closer to people. We have found that, yes, we have a main pantry and our main food bank, our warehouse, are in Provo, but maybe they can't those who need our services can't get to our location in Provo. So let's see if we can put them in. We've been putting them in our pantries in schools and senior centers and other locations closer to people who might need those services and, and to meet them where they're at. One on the big wide, wide picture view of pie in the sky is I would love to remove barriers that keep people in poverty. And those are largely uh, policy mm-hmm. decisions that our community and our elected officials would need to make and the community members would need to become educated and support. But I would love to have a community where everybody's thriving uh, in the best way that they can. And there are barriers in our community that prevent people from doing that. So I would remove barriers. I would strengthen our organization and continue to meet people where they're at and get services to them. But in the meantime, you're going to continue doing the great work that you're doing, and we appreciate that. It's Community Action Services and Food Bank in Provo. We've been talking to CEO Karen McCandless and COO Tom Hogan. And again, the website is communityactionprovo.org. Thank you so much for your time and for the great work you're doing. Thank you for the opportunity to visit. I appreciate it. Thanks, Mike. Thank you for listening to All Along the Wasatch with Mike Parsons. If you would like to submit a request to be a guest on the show, please email mparsons at ksl.com. That's mparsons at ksl.com.